Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Phase Zero, Season 2, Episode 22. Thank you so much for joining us today. I am your host, Jenna Anderson, joined today by Aaron Perrine. Big show, everybody. So much stuff. (laughs) (laughs) So much. And we also have Adam Barnhart with us. Good. Good. We'll put both contacts in the day. So how's how's y'all's morning going? (laughs) It's wild. (laughs) And then we have Jamie Chirac. Good morning. Gosh, remember one week ago when there was nothing Marvel to discuss, so we had to talk about Star Wars, and now (laughs) it is just a Marvel bonanza. I know. Oh, my God. When BD told me I was hosting this show, he was like, throw in a little Obi-Wan talk at the end if y'all have time. And I'm like, we have so much to talk about. I don't think we'll have time. But we, Jamie does have a rant that she does want to go on relating (laughs) to Obi-Wan, and I'm very much looking forward to that. But yeah, happy Miss Marvel premiere day. Happy Obi-Wan episode four day. Happy Black Adam trailer day. New Thor Love and Thunder teaser. There's just so much today, and it's not even new. So let's just dive right in. Today is just so much fun. Um, But yeah, so to start off, we just got a new Thor Love and Thunder teaser like less than an hour ago um, to promote the fact that tickets are going on sale on Monday. First things first, good luck, everybody. Just based on how tickets went for Doctor Strange and Spider-Man No Way Home. I'll just throw that out there now because I have a a feeling when we're here next week, we're going to just be like, oh, my God, the ticket websites, they all crashed. Everything was miserable. So good luck in advance. Get your plans sorted out because at least we have warning this time. Um, But, yeah, we had a new Love and Thunder teaser that had a surprise out. A surprising amount of new footage and that rock and score is soundtrack in the background. Um, we got a lot more Guardian stuff. We got them kind of teasing Thor of, and his like idea of viewing this as like a great vacation. And yeah, we just got a lot of new vibes. What do y'all think of the new teaser? Because there's a lot. Uh, Valkyrie licked that sword and then I blacked it. <laughs> Honestly, I had, to, I had to watch it. I had to watch it several times after that because I was like, did I just see that? Yes, I did. And it was excellent. But yeah. Um, I, I, I still feel like they're baiting us in some ways where it's all, all this fun, happy times. And I am afraid for our friends. I'm afraid for them, but I'm here for all the swole, swole lady content. I'm, I'm here for that as well. Adam, what did you think? Between, uh, Cannon Shimmy and Thor Ragnarok and the Sword Valkyrie's got, Got a lot going on. I love. I have this what like this just like twist in, in my chest that a feeling a feeling that Guardians are going to be in this for like five minutes. Five minutes. Yeah. I, I don't know why it's like in impending doom. Guardians are going to be in here for like the the cold open or like an eighth of the first act and then and then dip. But yeah, I totally agree. As, I have a feeling as the butt comes on the screen. 
<laughs> but no, I have a feeling it's like they're like dropping him off at summer camp and then they're just going off and doing it. <laughs> um, I also just love the self-awareness of this teaser. Like Thor has a line of like, this is a classic Thor adventure. So Taika <laughs> is just being Taika and, and we love him for it. But yeah, tickets go on sale Monday. Good luck. I hope everyone gets the showing that they hope for. Um, but speaking of Guardians. Oh yeah, we got like, new Disney plus content on top of the more Disney plus content. So we got a poster for I am Groot. It's very adorable. He's, he's in a very, very relaxed vacation centric mood fitting of this summer season. Uh, it actually drops on Disney plus on August 10th, like right one week before she Hulk. Um, and it's weird because I guess people, of course, everybody just uses James Gunn's Twitter account like customer service. So everybody was like, <laughs> "Hell, is is this canon? Is this canon?" He's like, "I don't think so." Like, I don't like he, he kind of like sidestepped a little bit, but basically said no. And then because She Hulk comes out next week, it has to be that all of these are dropping at once, right? How does everybody feel about getting all of the cute Groot adventures in at one time? Is this going to be like those Olaf reenactment shorts where it's like all together? We're looking at like six minutes. I love yeah. I love those Olaf shorts. They're very, very fun. Uh-huh. <laughs> that would be my guess is that like the entire breadth of the content is maybe like half an hour, if even at that. Like just a bunch of little six minute shorts is kind of what I'm expecting. That's why I'm like, I, I hope they're all released at once. I feel like six minute shorts are not something that you could get people to repeatedly come back to like week after week. Like people would just kind of forget that there's a new I Am Groot short if they didn't get to watch all of them at once. So I know like binge watching and not binge watching has been in the conversation as of late but like i feel like this is one of the few examples with disney plus where it's like yeah you can put this all out at once and it'll probably be fine like it's Groot. we're we're gonna we're gonna get what we're gonna get i do have a feeling though that like as what what we were talking about with thor i have a feeling that this these shorts are going to like emotionally break all of us like they're gonna be adorable but there's gonna be some component of it that is going to be like very heartbreaking very surprising and like here for it Maybe this is like, because since it's not canon, uh, maybe it's going to be like the original baby Groot. I'm just making stuff oh. up. But like, maybe it's like the <laughs> our Groot we first met when he was a baby. Ooh. And then so we're going to see some childhood trauma. I, again, I don't know nothing. I'm just guessing stuff. That would be great, though. Adam, what did you think? Uh, you guys know, know how unreal my expectations are. You know, I just expect expect every single one of my checklist people to make. I, I don't know. I mean, it is interesting that, you know, I'm pretty sure Disney and Marvel tell every every salt in the MCU to never mention the word can canon. But it is super interesting that James is like, nah, it's. It's their own stuff, you know. It does does bring questions up uh, all the other animated stuff, you know. Um, but that's also another snowball and kind of all and kind of uh, downward spin or spiral. Spiral. I don't want to go. But yeah, they're shorts. I mean, we'll get through them in what twenty five minutes, if that. Fifteen minutes. Fifteen minutes. Sure. They're they're gonna be they're gonna be adorable. They're gonna make us probably sad, as just said. So so, what are you gonna do? You know. Yep. <laughs> you gotta. Everything. Everything's canon in the multiverse. I'll just say that. <laughs> Aaron, what were you going to say? Just very excited. Tattooed on my forehead. <laughs> on my forehead. Um, just leaning Tower of Cheesing, all of them, just together. <laughs> it's going to be real fun. It's going to be a good time. Uh, Absolutely. Jamie, you, you, oh, speaking of have... customer service. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we have more Guardian stuff going on. Um, oh, wait, no. Yeah, There's we do. Little... 
Oh yeah, is that next? Is that the next yes. one here? Yes. Okay, great. Uh, Maria Bakalova has been cast in a key role in uh, the new Guardians. Uh, she sounds like she's really excited about it. James Gunn tweeted, "Fun fact about Maria: she loves being a part of the Guardians so much she'd hang out on set on her days off. Uh, one of a kind. Uh, glad you joined our slightly strange family. Um, I am so hyped for this. I." You know, when Borat, the new Borat, she'll, if you don't know who she is, she's Borat's daughter. And if, and when this, when that movie came out, I was like, do we need a Borat 12 years later, however many years later? I had no interest. But then she was nominated for an Academy Award, which is just insane. So I watched it because I had to know. And oh my God, she was so good she was so funny and it was so delightful to see her like get to be in uh, with all the oscar people and like and her for one i think maybe her first movie one of them and so her energy and her humor i think is perfect for guardians and uh jenna who do you think she's playing? I like after months of James Gunn being like, Daniela Melcher is not playing Moon Dragon. I can definitely confirm that much. She's not Moon Dragon. I'm like, is Maria Buck- Bakalova playing Moon Dragon? I feel like that is a very likely possibility. And if so, that is like galaxy brain level casting. I echo everything that Jamie said. Like she she stole the show in that new Borat movie. Like her level of commitment to a bit while interacting with real people and still being able to make a character who was so absurd, but so emotionally grounded at the same time. Like she is this perfect fit for guardians in a way that I never would have expected. So the fact that she's in this movie is like, hell yes. I am so excited. Aaron, Adam, what do y'all think? I mean, I, I just want to know how many key roles were in guardians. Volume 3. We <laughs> yeah. keep getting this like terminology <laughs> tossed at us. How many main characters can we possibly have? Guardians three is actually eternals too. surprise. <laughs> Oh, (laughs) it's very weird. Um, She was really good in Borat, so she Mm -hmm. should be doing a good job. Like, she should do a great job in this. I know she'll put herself well. It's all just based on, like, being able to play off each other and sort of have that warm sort of feel. And if you can pull off some of those stunts in that Borat movie, you'll be fine. You'll be fine next to some of this other, like, stuff we got going on here in the MCU. It is interesting, though, because we just going to keep shooting for the moon this is the adam barnhart corner we're just going to keep shooting for all of the weird cosmic people Full to, be in, the to be in there and you don't know if they're coming back you don't know if they're gonna be like recurring or if they're setting up other stuff you have no clue and they're not going to tell us anything so i'm excited to be to be hurt by this as well <laughs> Hmm? let's all sob i'm just let's just start sobbing right now it's in sauce three years i i want nothing nothing more than dragon and phyla in in the mcu and i think we're getting both in this movie but then at the same time like aaron said i mean how many key roles can any key roles can we have you know, 19 or 20 um the totally irrational hill on is she's probably not moon dragon instead she's actually cosmo because we know that James Gunn loves his not motion capture, but motion reference. And he makes his brother of all brother of all people crawl around as a, as a raccoon. He's a voice. It. So why wouldn't, uh, I mean, could she be, she be Cosmo? You're not only doing the ADR and post, but also be on set and doing the motion, doing the motion reference and stuff. Most insane Marvel video, you know, you know? but who knows? 
I feel like stranger things have happened at this point. Like yes. nothing feels out of the question with this movie to right. echo what Aaron said. But yeah, speaking of other MCU movies, Adam, do you want to talk about the blade update of the week? This the best Marvel studios videos movie released actually starts filming in like three weeks. So I'm just, let's, let's give it the certified fresh badge let's give it the best let's give it let's give it the oscar let's give it you know what let's give it emmy give it emmys just give it every <laughs> emmy and then just you know make up for all the no blade starts filming july 4th 4th watch probably not july since it's you know a holiday but uh soon uh, in a few months and we know nothing about it you know absolutely nothing about it we don't know if dracula's in it we don't know if you know they're bringing the hellstrom siblings back we do know that but uh no it's it, it starts filming july 4th and i can't can't wait Frank. um the, the moves type four in the mcu blades uh i'm so high for blade it's probably doesn't even make the list it's just it's just so far of everything else on the list i mean mahershala what else i mean Give it everything, everything. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like the Blade movie is going to be so much fun. It is the thing of like, in the context of the MCU, I, we, there's so many questions raised about like how Blade will be done, who could and couldn't appear, like the tone of it and everything. So I am just, I'm excited to see that this movie is actually kind of getting off the ground and is going to start happening because it, it's going to be wild. I feel like once it actually comes out. Aaron, what do you think? I, I, I'm so intrigued because you just don't know what, the tone of it like what like what time period like you have no clue no real frame of reference for anything and i love the cast and then with all these like weird other interviews we have about the deadpool 3 writers being like calm down you guys disney isn't telling us what to do that that really gives you faith for blade and stuff like that too because they can just do what they want to do without any sort of like you know like weird meddling i'm very intrigued to see what they end up doing because it's pro it's it's going to be really really cool it sounds like we have i just it's nice to go into some of these and not know what's happening just to completely get punched in the face by it <laughs> let's keep it that way give me surprises Blade, mm -hmm. blade, 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 vampires in the MCU, vampires in the MCU. I was going to say, for, the, for the, the people just listening at home, Jamie was just full on doing a dance while, while Aaron was talking. Because she, <laughs> she, you know, the vampire expert over here, she is very excited about Blade. Uh, give me a Wesley Snipes cameo, though. It's just, I want it so bad. I feel like that's inevitable. Like, if not in that movie in some way, I feel like that is one of those things that like is is like a no-brainer for Secret Wars of just yes. having him come back. Oh so, my like, god. I feel like that is definitely within the realm of possibility because that would just like the audience would lose their mind. I think that would be great. Um speaking of vampires and speaking <laughs> of audiences and speaking of losing your mind, um <laughs> Morbius went back to theaters last week. Um, I unintentionally kind of helped break this story. I was like one of the first people to write the article about it. It was the weirdest experience ever. Um, like Sony literally increased the theatrical run of Morbius. This movie that is already on VOD, that is already being memed to death. There was like a Twitch channel that was just streaming it nonstop for like 48 hours before it got <laughs> shut down. Um, and yet they were like, hey, this has been the like number one trending topic on Twitter for like a week. We might as well put this back in theaters. It, it did not Morbius sweep a second time around. It made maybe like 800,000, I think, in the last weekend, which is kind of sad. 
Um, but but yeah, so and then Jared Leto responded to the trending. He he posted a video where he's reading a fake script for like Morbius 2, it's Morbin time. So this is a thing that happened, and it is just so wild that we have to address it. I personally I know as a before this movie came out, part of the kayfabe was me pretending to care about Morbius. The memes about this movie have been one of my highlights of the past of like this year. So it is like the movie itself is a whole other different thing, but like the meme culture around it has made me very happy. So I just love the insanity of all of this because it has just been so wild. Jamie, what do you think? What old man at Sony <laughs> really thought there was genuine affection? For Morb, it is. I, I just what a mistake! What an oversight! My favorite are the the post flop flop memes where they're like, "How do we trick them into releasing a third time?" <laughs> like, I just I um the I, I think that they saw that like the the audience score isn't that bad, but it's like it's still all don't trust those things. <laughs> It's all, you know, it's like review bombing, whatever. I don't know. Um, what a joke. It's all a joke. The, the thing that sucks is that Morbius is not good um, <laughs> in like a fun way. Like in the way that a lot of us have affection for Venom um, because it's fun. Uh, I just, Morbius is not a fun movie. It's, it's just there. It exists. It's not even so bad that it's fun. It's just like, yeah, that was a movie I saw. And, uh, and six other people got the chance to see it too. <laughs> uh, good for them. I do. I do have to say off of your comment. I do feel like it has the potential. If like if the fandom around this does not stop, it could be the next like the room in the sense yeah. of like just collectively sitting at like a midnight showing and like drinking applesauce pouches as he drinks the blood bags, like all of the stupid like audience reaction stuff. I feel like is possible, but the movie itself is not on the level of Venom of like this is so campy that you can enjoy it. But the memes are just perfect. Aaron, what do you think? Um. So I have friends who work over on the Sony side and the conversation that he was telling me about of trying like people asking about the memes. I was just hilarious. I'm like, but it's 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 all not like a Matthew. I mean, Ryan Broderick does a great, great newsletter about the Internet called The Content Minds said it's like the difference between people when they were making memes about like Shrek Versus like when they were making memes about like B movie. This is a B movie situation. We are not laughing with the text. We are laughing at the text. We are laughing wholeheartedly at the text. You will get these jokes. Everybody is talking about how the tweet that inspired this entire thing needs to go into the Smithsonian. I probably tend to agree because golly, just like it, one of those big domino memes where like those small dominoes leave, like <laughs> it's morbid time tweet leads to $800,000 at a movie theater, over like 2000 movie theaters. I think Forbes did the numbers and that's only $85 a theater. <laughs> and I confidently say, if you got a bunch of Girl Scouts to sit outside of a theater and sell Girl Scout cookies outside of 2000 theaters, I think you could average $85 a theater. <laughs> Pretty easily, uh, especially if it's like, you know, this is thin. Bits. But yeah, I just can't imagine. Like, it was so strange to watch happen because I was like, this isn't going to be what people think it's going to like. It's not going to catch on. Like you said, it's not Rocky Horror Picture Show or The Room or whatever. No one's getting like a bus of people together to go see 
this thing together. I know. I'm sorry, Jamie. I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel like we have a lot of young audience here, yes. so I just want to reiterate that the room and the Rocky Horror, the only thing they have in common are people like to throw things at screens. The yes. room is literally the worst movie ever made, yes. but it's in a fun way. Rocky Horror is one of the greatest films yes. ever created. Right. I just wanted to make that clear. Okay. Um, but yes, they do have <laughs> Morb would be somewhere uh, closer to the room, but not in a even close in a fun way, but uh, but I would like to throw things at Jared Lowe's face. Uh, <laughs> I like we've created a continuum, know. like a continuum of these great movies on from Rocky Horror <laughs> to the Room. Uh, it, it's just like also in like this whole thing too. I think I had a conversation with Spencer Perry about like how similar this was, like Snakes on a Plane. When mm-hmm. I in an earlier period of my life, where like the internet, and I love that movie. That yeah, movie's better than Morbius. Um, that movie's way better than Morbius. Um, and I saw that in theater, a really empty Magic Johnson theater in Cleveland. <laughs> it was like four of us, and we had a blast. Well, uh, I was sixteen, but, so my dad had to take all my friends. Yeah, exactly. Nice. Then my mom dropped us off at the mall. It was like, don't get in trouble. <laughs> Go watch Samuel Jackson say one mf and be out. Um, <laughs> it's it's weird that like. These sort of cycles keep happening where there's a lot of online attention and then you can't, there's no sarcasm key on a keyboard. So you can't tell if it's in earnest or not, but people who are on the internet can really obviously know that this is like a joke. This isn't us being serious. So hopefully we didn't, we've avoided them making a second one, but we're probably going to still going to see Jared Leto as Morbius whenever they make that Sinister Six thing with whatever Spider-Man they're going to put in it. I feel like we are still absolute. We did not avert that timeline. We are still cruising ahead towards that. Absolutely. I will say to your point of like, I tweeted this over the weekend. I feel like Kevin Feige is now going to debate for the next couple of years, whether or not to have Morbius say it's Morbin time in Secret Wars, <laughs> because I feel like almost ironically, that would get like the audience pop akin to like Toby going through the portal in, in No Way Home. Um, and yeah, like I, I agree with your point because there were so many tweets I saw that were like, guys, the entire point of the Morbius meme being funny was that like the majority of the people memeing it had not seen, seen the, the movie. movie. So it's like, if yeah. you've seen the movie, the joke is kind of ruined so yeah it, it's just such a weird interesting thing adam what do you think about it i have not seen morbius and i'm not going to see morbius until both trilogies come out and then i'm going to all six movies back to back to back to back those are my morbius plans Perfect. bring it on 2029 awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect oh my god well jamie do you want to talk about the other mc movie news yeah, before I get in, I want you all to visualize one thing real quick, and it's that I was once in the room, the musical, and I played oh. a singing, dancing flower in the flower shop. Just oh my god! Visualize it. <laughs> uh, it was an experience. <laughs> all right, yeah. so moving on, moving on. Uh, we've got some news about the well, kind of about the Fantastic Four director search. Uh, this come from Deadline. This comes from Deadline's Justin Kroll on Twitter. Uh, he says, while it's easily Marvel's top ODA, one source says don't expect it to be filmed uh, anytime soon, as they're not even close to cutting down the long list of candidates uh, um, for the director. We still don't know. I'd be shocked if a choice is made before Labor Day. Uh, So while no names have surfaced, multiple sources say while it's a large mix of candidates, Feige and company are taking a lot of shots at some big names. One source close to the process says Kevin doesn't want... 
uh, doesn't want to oversee entire shoot after not having to worry about that with Raimi. Uh, he is very game to s- the same outcome come with his shoot. Wow, there was a lot of words missing <laughs> yeah. in that sentence. Uh, I'll tell you that. So, yeah, um, Labor Day, when is that? September? Um, we're just, I mean, we all have our theories. <laughs> do, do you guys have some, do you guys think that we already know who it's going to be? Oh, I, I think they don't even know. I think they're just kind of like putting out feelers. Like the, the whole thing of like a big name director and somebody who can kind of operate on their own is a very interesting detail because it feels like you could get like someone who wouldn't traditionally be associated with a movie of this caliber. Like I know Chris and I were joking of like, what if they even got like Steven Spielberg? Like he would never do it. He has like eight different movies in the pipeline. But like that even that feels big enough. I feel like I could see like your Ron Howard's or you're somebody else who is like a big director being brought on to do this. I know D23 is technically like after Labor Day, I think, or like around then. So I wouldn't be surprised if there is some sort of thing by then. But at this point, expect nothing and you'll never be disappointed because like we'll, we'll, we'll get it when we get it. I don't even think Feige knows who they want to have directed at this point. But yeah, Aaron, what do you think? When they bring Scorsese in here, <laughs> woo, woo, uh, I just, there's only so many big name directors that I'm like, who could you possibly be targeting? This list is probably bananas. It's probably insane. Jamie, are you ready for Greta Gerwig's like Fantastic <laughs> Four? Are you oh ready God. for like? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm so interested. So like based on the Doctor Strange line, did you guys chart in the 60s? I feel like we're getting some 60s content. And like, yeah, okay, the 1960s New York Scorsese does sound like a pretty good option, <laughs> to be honest. He, he's too busy things. EPing Joker too <laughs> to be able to be involved. Oh, God, that's uh, I, what about, I want to see Joker do being just Age of Innocence of all the options. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah adam what do you think at what point does kevin feige direct a movie himself (laughs) like are we going to be sitting like is there going to be at hall h in a couple weeks are they going to do like the thanos (laughs) post-credit scene and it's just kevin opening the doors and grabbing the hat and saying i'll do it myself (laughs) or what's what's got a huge name so i mean i think i'm on the steven spielberg train for whatever reason kroll tweeted this at like Midnight 30, 1230, yeah. whatever reason. And no less than five minutes after I saw the tweet, Charlie rigidly just texted me, Steven Spielberg. I'm like, what? <laughs> what happened? Charlie, do I need help back online? What happened? And he's like, no, I think he should direct it. And I'm like, why not? I mean, the thing with Fantastic Four is you have to, you have to, I mean, one, you have to make a good movie. Two, I mean, you can't miss with this Fantastic Four. I mean, we've essentially gotten three misses already. How many more? Are, are we going to put up with how like the masses they're going to be like one they're already battling probably brand issues right um and they're like well we just got a fantastic four movie that um was even worse than morbius mind you even though i haven't seen morbius um so i don't why why not just it's my it might rival the budget of infinity war or endgame just because it needs to be massive so why not Go with the uh, biggest director Hollywood's ever seen. I mean, he's wasn't he supposed to make a DC movie, even though it's yeah, not really so like it's Superman. Still technically, was it? in the works. Like, I know that the script is still apparently being written according mm-hmm. to the one screenwriter. But yeah, he was going to do Blackhawks, which is like the World War II like fighter pilot team from DC, which yeah. I still want that movie like so mm-hmm. badly. But it is a thing of like I. 
I'm at the point they've been they've been developing that for so long. I haven't gotten my hopes up. So if he were to go over to Marvel and do like a Fantastic Four situation, that would be incredible. Right. And I mean, we know it's not going to be a bad movie. Right. At the worst, it's the world's biggest bowl of vanilla ice cream, which I think (laughs) we would probably be all right with. I mean, we're going to eat it and we're going to enjoy it. But uh, I don't think uh, why not? Like, I I don't think they can go with, with, you know, an indie director that's filmed one one movie before. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Who knows? They've done like Jenna said earlier, anything can happen. Anything is possible. As yep. as our friend Kevin would say, <laughs> Fantastic Four, a Spike Lee joint coming twenty twenty five. sure, whatever. <laughs> that would be incredible. That would be so just, good. I just don't understand. Like, if it's not Spielberg, I don't know what other giant director that I'm like missing here that we are missing here. That's like you know an American standard or whatever. Uh, that would not that would step in. I have no idea. I that's so weird. <laughs> the, the directors, I movie. think of like when you talk about them, I'm like Scorsese, Ridley Scott, but they have already so vocally been anti-Marvel that like it can't yeah. be them. Uh, another would... uh, another good name is I mean Kevin said plenty of times before that Back to the Future is his favorite movie, right? Oh Zemeckis. Mm. And Zemeckis was yeah. one of the 20 Flash directors. So yeah. <laughs> wasn't he or am I imagining that? I don't know. Maybe that's a fever. Point. I, I don't even remember. And I've been chronicling everything about that movie, so I don't even know. Zemeckis, yeah. though, just hasn't hit, had a hit in a while. Mm-hmm. You um, know, It would just be the weird Uncanny Valley CGI somehow. <laughs> Polar Express. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to see Catherine Bigelow take on a that Marvel yeah. movie. That would be great. But I don't think that, even though she's like an Oscar winner, I don't think, I don't see her being a big enough name uh, for what we're hearing. <laughs> yeah. Well, so speaking of other movies that hopefully will not be a bowl of vanilla ice cream, like Adam mentioned (laughs) earlier, do you want to talk about Deadpool 3? Deadpool 3 is most certainly going to be rated R um, whenever it comes out in 2032. Uh, (laughs) Rhett Reese and and Paul Wernick are back. um, And and Rhett said in a uh, recent interview when asked um, if it was still going to follow the tone of the first two. Oh, absolutely. They're not going to mess with the tone. I mean... I'd never say never. I guess there's an outside chance, but we've always told it can be R-rated and we're proceeding as if it's R. We would like it to be R. We always have. So I don't think that'll change. So let's put the F-bomb counter starting over under 23. (laughs) I... Yeah, I feel like at this point, like Free Guy with, you know, having Ryan and Sean Levy work together, it's like, I feel like they kind of proved they could do a PG-13 Deadpool if they really wanted. I know Adam can speak to this with the Daredevil of it all, but it's like Deadpool is a character who can still be funny and can still get the essence of Deadpool without having to be rated R. So if it's a thing where it ends up being a very hard PG-13, I don't think it's the end of the world. But I also, it would be kind of a new, like going through the threshold to have it be rated R and be like the first rated R MCU thing. But it, I don't know. We'll just wait and see. Jamie, what do you think? Yeah, I'm not worried about this. Uh, it's they have said it so many times. It's like it's gonna work out. People know what they want for Deadpool. Ryan Reynolds has. It's not like Ryan Reynolds has a lot of say in these this stuff. Uh, he's a big old named man. Uh, and, you know, it's, yeah. Everybody's gotta chill. It's gonna be fine. Just like have faith in the people. Jamie speaks the truth. Aaron, what do you think? 
All all the f bombs in Deadpool said by Samuel Jackson. Um, <laughs> <here we go. laughs> uh, I just it, I I'm happy to hear that the tone and stuff is going to remain unchanged. But I I thought it was going to be that way regardless. It's mm-hmm. pretty obvious here. Uh, at least I don't know if I'll take a poll of the room. Like I feel like they're getting a little bit more towards hey adults go watch these movies too with some of the stuff that happens in these, especially in Phase Four. Like, yeah. there's a lot of stuff that's happened. I'll never forget, like, the the couple of curses that dropped during Falcon Winter Soldier. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, I had to, like, pause everything and be like, wait. And it's just kept kind of building, you know? Like, Doctor Strange is gnarly. I can't wait to, for certain other people in the household to finally see it <laughs> so they can be surprised by how gnarly it is. Um, so... I, I like Jamie said, you got to have a measure of faith in the directorial team. I love VJ's idea of Walter Scoble playing Kid Pool and just having Ooh. it be the Sean Levy verse and just having all the people ever associated with the director and Robert into <laughs> the same movie. That's funny. Let's get all the Stranger Things yeah, kids just walking in. Like, hey, what? Why, why are we here? Shouldn't we be doing anything? Actually, you know what? Co star Deadpool, Steve Harrington's hair. <laughs> watch that. Now I'm just imagining like everyone he's ever worked with in that movie, and it would be wild because like Sean Levy's like directed like an episode of the Birds of Prey TV show from like 2002. It's like he has had a very weird filmography. So that would just be like a massive room of people. It would just be great. But yeah, so last piece of news, Aaron, do you want to talk about Doctor Strange since you did mention it? Sure. Uh, so Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness is headed to Disney Plus on June 22nd. So all of you who have not braved the theater can <laughs> sit there and watch it at home or rewind your favorite points or look in to see background details like I know we all do. This The Twitter accounts are going to be out in force on the 22nd pointing out stuff that I missed about the movie the first time, you know, our podcasting slash, you know, YouTubing brethren will be even more in-depth breakdowns, which I will gladly have on in the background while I work, which is great. Thank you for providing the white noise for (laughs) writing all these articles. Uh, uh, I'm wondering how the response will differ once it's at home for people to watch it in the comfort of their homes versus in a the theater. Cause I'm sure there are some people who didn't go to see it possibly that will boot it up on Disney plus with the little ones in the room. And, uh, you've got, uh, uh, Jimmy finding a, they live videotape for the first time element, uh, in the air. I, everybody smiled at thank you. Some of y'all in the chat are like, what is they live? Don't look kids. Don't look. Don't find out. Uh, no, this is just look, a film history get educated. <laughs> they live gracious. is an excellent movie. Brand is never going to let us do this by ourselves again. Uh, <laughs> what do you guys think? But no, I completely agree. I think that is going to be weird seeing like the second wave of response. It's also interesting because like there's been no consistency with when these movies have dropped on Disney Plus. Like I know other studios are much more beholden to like a 45 day window or like a 50 day window. This just seems very inconsistent, which is kind of interesting. I had expected this movie to like not hit until like closer to season like fall October sort of thing. So I'm glad that it's on here already. I'm sure that it's also so people can catch up on it and not confused with whatever else the MCU has going on for the next couple months. But yeah, it'll it'll be crazy. It will be the they live thing of children unintentionally being traumatized. <laughs> It's funny because, like, when I think of this stuff, I don't think about children. I don't have any children in my life. I don't interact with children. So I just, like, forget <laughs> that they exist sometimes. My thought is, like, are the like the older people 
in my life. Like my mom loves the MCU. My grandfather's mm-hmm. wife loves the MCU. And I, I'm curious how, how they're going to perceive it. Um, I, I don't foresee my mom loving it. Um, and let me tell you, she'll tell me I'm going to get yeah. a review. Um, uh, I'm not, I'm a little nervous about her Obi-Wan reactions, but I won't get into it. So I don't know. It, it, there's like a whole grouping of people that I'm very curious to see. Yeah. Adam, what do you think? Uh, if you guys don't hear from me between June 22nd and July 1st or 2nd, <laughs> no need to call in a welfare check. I am just simply watching <laughs> Dr. Strange too. No, I can't wait for you might as Aaron, you might as well prep the article about the moms being mad at the movie all over again or something. Because <laughs> Someone's going to watch it and they're not going to realize Black Bolt's brain gets crushed like a, you know, a pop can <laughs> at a frat party. And then they're going to be about it. But it's, I love this movie so much. Mm-hmm. I, I just love it. And I can't wait to watch it and, and pick it apart and watch it again and pick it apart. It's, it pushed the boundaries of more than any Marvel thing ever. And, and it comes to streaming and you could watch it a hundred straight times for like five ninety nine. I get no commission from that, by the way. I'm not a shill. Please <laughs> keep off my Twitter. But no, I can't wait for multiverse of madness to hit disney plus absolutely the the chat wants jamie's mom's guest review so we will definitely be looking forward to that once she does watch it i will have a recorded video <laughs> perfect and they just I, say oh that's why jamie's so loud <laughs> yeah. yeah let's get her on let's get her that'll on be awesome. <laughs> that'll be so great all right well so that's all of the mc mcu news for this week not even all of it that's just the the, the biggest things um we're going to take a quick one minute break and then we're going to talk about miss marvel episode one full spoilers so stay tuned imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, we're back and we are talking about Miss Marvel episode one, full spoilers. Um, I am so excited to have this conversation because rewatching this episode again this morning, I loved it so much more. Jamie, you're at the top of the board. I know you are the one person who did not watch it ahead of time. So I'm very excited to hear your reaction. So I watched it. it last night at 1 a.m. Um, what a delight. It's just, it's just cute. You know, it's it's nice to get something cute. We 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 need a little cute in our lives. Um, everyone's great. There's, I mean, Feige, AvengerCon is right there. Just make it happen. You saw, I mean, Star Wars Celebration does so well. Just give us AvengerCon; it'll do so well. Um, yeah, she's so good. She's so great. It's just nice to see. Like, I feel like we're all being represented in terms of we we all know what it's like to be to live our lives as fans, and that's really cute. Um, and uh, yeah, I I one thing that I'm really having trouble wrapping my head around in the terms of AvengerCon is going to a con based on people who are all real. 
Uh, like we don't have anything like that. Like we're not like going to cons to celebrate politicians. Like what do we? Like what is our? We don't have an equivalent that I can even think. Uh, and I think that's really interesting. And I like just the whole idea. Uh, yeah, it was adorable, and I'm excited to keep going. I feel like the closest thing to that would be like K-pop conventions or something like that of like real like musicians or something like that. But yeah, I my thing about AvengerCon, if it does really happen, I hope they don't call it AvengerCon because that would be like calling Star Wars Celebration like JediCon. Like it, it feels kind of limiting for like what you can talk about in the Marvel landscape. I feel like even if you just took a page out of Star Wars and just did like Marvel Celebration, that would just be right a more comprehensive thing. So, but yeah, wholeheartedly agree. I want that to happen. That convention would be amazing. Aaron, what did you think? Um, I feel like he he's already they're already working on it. Like there's already like weird merch for the show that has Avenger Con stuff. You could just repurpose it. So you've already got a head start. If you've ever been to Avengers Campus, if there half of that in at least the one in Anaheim is just like a mall with like stuff. It's it's real fun. But um, the show itself is so charming. And nice. I said to my father this morning before we got on air, like, you're going to see a lot of Miss Marvels at Halloween, like unquestionably, like it's just going to be so many of them. It's great. Um, it, it's such a just refreshing, interesting portrayal that feels like even though it's portraying a very specific set of circumstances, it is so universal. Like it feels so universal. I laugh. I'm like, uh, like Maniba feels like my mama or my or my aunts, you know. Like uh, like father feels so warm. Like the brother dynamic, all of it's like very very. I recognize these people. You know what I mean? That feels like it can get missing pretty easily in these things sometimes. Like it doesn't feel like you know. I know people who are like Star Lord. I went to college with a bunch of Star Lords, right? But I <laughs> like not in everyday life. Like I'm like, oh yeah, like I, I like I don't want to tip too much of like the interviews that we've done with mm-hmm. with the cast. But I told like the kid who plays like like there's so much freaking Richie from Static Shock and Homeboy that I was like, oh, I know you. You're like my friend Brendan. I grew up with you know. It's it's just very, very, very relatable and very good. And I mean, we have to also joke around about the casting department at Marvel is still pitching that shutout because this girl is Kamala Khan. Like I don't know how they found the exact person, but congratulations, you figured it out. And I'm just ready to see so much more of it. You know. I completely agree. I will say like, cause I, I didn't have anywhere else to put this in the rundown. Her interviews where she's talking about disagreeing about earth 616. <laughs> I'm like, you are Kamala Khan. And also you are my hero. And like, I am so glad that apparently every time she talks to Kevin Feige, she like argues with him about that because I'm like, good. We're being represented of the people who don't necessarily like that little, that little detail. But yeah, Adam, what did you think of the episode? No, it's amazing how she said that Kev texted her back with just like a frown face because yeah. I'd be like, if I had Kev's number, that's all he would tell me too. He'd just love to <laughs> this. I don't know how you watch this show and not. It's so warm and charming and likable. I mean, it's who do, who hates coming of age stories, right? Everyone like it's a Marvel coming of age tale, and it's just incredible, you know, like. I, I want to go back to those days where I don't have to worry about student loans and bills and being an adult, you know, just let me worry about 
going to Avenger Con in my cosplay and stuff. Um, so likable and and uh, Amon's. I mean, you guys already said all the all the words. Like it's 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 incredible. I, I don't know what else to say because it's just insanely likable. And it, you know, it's just made me feel all warm and fuzzy. You know, it's just like it's it's a feel good show, and that's good. After you know, I said I was in my sad boy era last time I was on here, but you know, sad boys can also you know have have some warmth every so often. But uh, no, it's it's amazing. It's so good. I completely agree with everything that everyone has said. I think this show is just so special. I know Jamie has spoken about it. Of like, we're kind of entering the happier era of Phase Four after so many projects that are more dark and serious, with like little glimmers of optimism. Like this feels just so comforting and relatable and universal, while also incredibly specific. As someone who had Indian friends growing up, when Bruno was given like all of the food to go home, that was the most relatable thing. I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. Like the there's so many like elements of this show that are just so lovingly put together and so just stylishly put together. I know like having um, the directors of this episode go on to direct Batgirl, I am now I was already unbelievably excited for that movie, but now it has increased like a hundredfold after seeing how creatively they made this episode work so yeah this this show is perfect Oman is perfect like it is just so much fun um so diving into the episode itself and a little bit of easter eggs um ant-man was on a podcast and that's how we know what happened during the battle of endgame i know that's a question that people have asked for like the past couple of years and it seems like we finally got our answer he's on like the superhero equivalent of this american life what did y'all think of that because i think it's adorable at first i thought that he had his own podcast but he mm-hmm. was just a guest it seems like uh, it Okay, that's a bummer because I was like, give me the Scott Lang tapes. Um, but I, I would love if it is just like one episode, they, that needs to be like a feature somewhere yeah. where we, we get to like listen to Paul Ryan like riffing his Scott Lang for uh, like an hour talking about the because the the battle from his perspective would be hilarious. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to hear it. Uh, yeah, I've, I want like my thing was. Who would be at the con like that we didn't see? Who is there signing autographs? Like I feel like Michael Pena for sure. Uh, uh, they're they're giving out um, cards for the for their company. Um, I feel like Korg and Meek are there like yeah. doing some kind yeah. of like gaming uh, 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 thing. They're just like little cute stuff that I'm like I want to know what's happening. <laughs> I completely agree. I do also love how in the little opening with Kamala's like little animation and her film, um, even they are acknowledging how inconsistent Carol Danvers' hair is. I know if, if you've opened up a comic, she will have super long hair in one issue and like a mohawk in the next issue and there's no consistency whatsoever. And so I kind of loved that we got that little nod. Um, there are so many scenes and dialogue that are pulled directly from the comics. Like I know a lot of people on Twitter have directly like compared the panels of like, especially her first scene with her family, like introducing her brother and her father. And then when she's asking her parents to go to AvengerCon, the circumstances are different, but the lines of dialogue are almost identical, which is super cool. Um, what do you guys just overall think of like the tone of this show and just like the aesthetic of it? Cause I personally, like the, the scene where she and Bruno are texting back and forth is like one of the most creative things I have ever seen in the MCU. And I think like the, the Scott Pilgrim aesthetic of this show is like such a pleasant surprise. So like, what do y'all think of it? Um, I, I, when I talked to the director of like episode two, she was talking about how you really have to have it all like really blocked out because you don't get that many chances to get like walk across and then have sign do thing like play and then her cross or walk somewhere else. And then to another part of the frame and something else happens. It's really, really creative. It sounds pretty intense it sounds pretty intensive like to have these very cute effects like and also i mean 
I think it's like refreshing too, because with a lot of like teenager stuff and just media, like everyone always loves to go, if they had a cell phone, they could have solved this thing. And that's not a thing in this show. Like they all have their communication devices just like we do like in modern times. And of course, teenagers, they're just firing off texts constantly like we all are. Um, So I found that stuff to be really interesting and just to like sort of there's like a way in which it is like both to inform the audience, but also like Kamala is super imaginative. And like, that's her whole thing is just, you know, being like this dreamer. So of course, when she's like thinking about like getting the text or like reading it, it comes up on the screen rendered for us in like that sort of way, you know, because of course it would, why wouldn't the stop sign say no, <laughs> like that's, that's totally on the, on the, on brand, you know? Yeah. Adam, what did you think of the, Oh, Jamie. Oh, no, good. Uh, no, everyone's yeah, it's that was. I think that might have been the part where I'm like, Yeah, I, I really enjoy this show. It, I, I've never seen that anywhere else, admittedly. Uh, 80 percent, 85, 98, 99% of what I watch is Marvel stuff. So I am <laughs> man who sees Marvel movies says this, but uh, no, I've never seen that elsewhere, and it's just so brilliant and creative. and you know, there, there's so much stuff. I can't wait for like the breakdown videos and the behind the scenes to see how they blocked it out and how they developed it and all this stuff. Cause they very well easily could have just zoomed into her cell phone. Um, Aaron, I do have to go back to your cell phone comment. I also see you're a big Seinfeld fan where, you know, virtually all conflict in that show is solved by <laughs> cell phones. But uh, that, the, the moments, the texting and all that stuff, I was nervous. You know, you see the trailer for, for the, the show and you're like, okay, that's, it kind of looks like Spider-Man credits, right? It looks like the Spider-Man end credit scenes, but then that's how they actually make the, sh- the show look. That's the whole vibe and tone of the show. And um, it's infinitely better for it, I think. Absolutely. Jamie, what were you going to say? Oh, there were just moments that made me think of Into the Spider-Verse. And that's like the highest compliment you can give somebody. Like um, like, like live action, taking those creative choices that they don't need to do that. This could, I mean, I would have just watched a simple teen story because I love teen stuff. So the fact that they're going that extra mile with the art and stuff is just really cool. I absolutely agree. And then um, a really cool Easter egg was on the sign for her high school. It is filled with the names of the people who helped create Kamala Khan. We have G. Willow Wilson, who wrote her initial run. We have Stephen Wacker, who is the editor. Adrian Alfona, who is the artist. Jamie McKelvey, who designed Kamala's initial costume. Ian Herring, who's the colorist. Takashi Miyazawa, who is the artist. Joe Karamanga, who's the letterer. And Nico Leon, who's the artist. So I just thought that was super wonderful of even having like a colorist and a letterer and stuff get their name in a Marvel thing. That was just super awesome awesome because a lot of times they don't get appreciated enough. Um, One thing I noticed in my rewatch for this episode, and I know Aaron can probably have thoughts on this too, as someone who has read a lot of the comics, um, there were so many teases for the inventor who was like Kamala's one of her first villains in the comics and one of her weirdest villains. It is literally a half man, half bird hybrid um, who who just wants to take over the world. Um, Literally in her little opening, her little stop motion animation, there's like a drawing of a parrot with a bunch of question marks. Her dad is talking about parrots when she's trying to leave and go to EventCon. And there's an Edison Electric sign when Kamala and Bruno are on the rooftop so part of me is like are we going to get like a bird human hybrid on this show as like a maniacal like mustache twirling supervillain because I really hope so like when this show was announced I was like I hope that they find a way to bring him in because that is one of the weirdest and coolest things you could do Aaron what did you think about that 
Um, it would be amazing. And we're in like an era where they're not afraid for it to be a little weirder. So you have full reign. You can do it. Anything, anything's possible. You've already foreshadowed and like kind of like tipped towards it now. That would be awesome if that's what ends up happening. It would also provide them a way for the final fight to be ridiculous, but also maybe not have as much of a lift like VFX wise, which would probably help with the production as well. And let's face it, we all want to see like maniacal evil cockatiel. Like we all want to see that. Sure. <laughs> like it would be I, I, ridiculous. I'm imagining that like it's another kid in her school and like how she, her room's all Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. This kid's room is all Michael Keaton. And <laughs> <laughs> he's a vulture, so he's like, he's like a parakeet. Uh, that's I'm in the comics it's like an older guy like it's like a little mad scientist inventor and then like the actual like bird man hybrid but yeah i now the michael keaton of it all feels feels perfect but yeah adam what did what did you think about those little we did see bird people in those guardian three set photos that is true there see and that's the thing i'm getting myself so hyped i'm like is the high evolutionary the big bad of miss marvel (laughs) there you go will someone work on the youtube video right now there's a free one you should do that watching he's gonna make me write it up now (laughs) but uh it's uh yeah why not just go just go crazy with it um are people mad online that black bolt medusa weren't in this episode or not should I manifest that? Or I know, like Aman is is very protective of Black Bolt. I know she she apparently texted Kevin and was like mad about how Doctor Strange turned out for him. But yeah, like I I it'll be very interesting to see the Inhumans of it all. I have not looked on Twitter to see whether or not people are talking about that. If they yeah. manage to hide Lockjaw in this show, ooh we. Uh, you you want to talk about things you can sell at Avengers Con slash Avengers Campus? Yeah, the giant lockjaw plushes. You will sell them. You will be able to sell. You will be able to sell them for a lot of money, and they'll be enormous, and people will still be buying them. Just imagine if she turns down an alley, and there's just this little rustling in the corner, and it's just little baby puppy lockjaw with his tuning fork forehead. That would be get funny. out of here, Grogu. You know, eat your heart out. <laughs> Like Damon Streams did point out in the comments, um, Bruno's helmet has like the lockjaw symbol, like the little tuning fork mm. kind of on it lit up. So I hope we get more beyond that. But if that is all we get, that is a nice little nod. Um, and then it's probably nothing, but like I watch things with subtitles. And when she gets the gloves from Bruno and she says like, these are photon gloves, photon is capitalized, which is kind of an interesting detail. So I'm like, are we teasing Monica? Is this Echo's name when to the Marvels? Like, we'll just have to wait and see. Might be me pulling an atom and like grasping at straws for nothing. Um, and then, yeah, we get AvengerCon, um, which is set at Camp Lehigh where Steve first trained and where he and Nat go back and deal with the crazy computer stuff in Winter Soldier. Um, there's actual like movie and comic merch that exists in universe which is kind of great like i know even in kamala's bedroom it's like here's just a captain marvel like cover as a poster in her bedroom which i think is great some people have pointed out there's just ant-man and the wasp merch with like the actual packaging from the movie just on the tables at AvengerCon, which i think is kind of great um there's a big tribute to black widow and iron man which is adorable there's asgard pride pride shirts which is great i hope they start selling those soon because yes and then one little detail that i kind of love and i'm curious what y'all think they apparently in universe call Groot Mr. Tree because like all of the shirts that have already been released and even in the show, they just call him Mr. Tree, which I just that's something that never would have dawned to me. I would have thought that they would have just called him Groot. But I love that he apparently has this little in-universe nickname. Aaron, you're laughing. What do you think? 
Oh, just uh, nothing. I just laugh because like if you're a normal person, you have to piece it together. You're not going to know what to call it. Like, yeah, that's Mr. Tree. Like, it's just like the off brand version of the Guardians of the Galaxy, the protectors of the universe or whatever. <laughs> Mr. Tree and, uh, you know, Sun Guy and then Gamora backwards. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, there's like a marketing group somewhere like workshop and it was like, all right, Mr. <laughs> Tree, Tree Boy, yeah. who would call this guy? Of course. Yes. Jamie, what did you think of that? Of just um, Avengers Con and like Mr. Tree and all of the little Easter eggs and yeah, stuff there. I mean, it's so cute. Little, the little <laughs> Captain America booty. Yes. Uh, give it to me. Give it to me. All. I have a question for you, for people who know things that I don't okay. know. It's, it's a little off. AvengerCon topic, but okay. I'm 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 wondering um, what her romantic life is like because I was honestly taken aback when it seemed like her and Bruno had a moment on the roof. I was like, wait, I didn't. That's not what I, the direction I thought this would be going. But then when she saved Zoe, Zoe kind of gave her a look, and I was like, am I reading into this? So I need <laughs> someone to tell me like what I should expect <laughs> based on the comments. See- like I'll, I'll let Aaron comment on this also, but like there's, there's so much I could say, but it almost risks being not even spoilers for episode two, but like potential spoilers for the show itself. But like there are, there's a lot of teen romance stuff. Like there's an entire arc that is like sort of unrequited, unrequited emotions towards her and kind of dealing with that. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of ship potential within the characters that have been introduced. I'll say that much. Aaron, do you have anything to add to that? Um. So like the entire time I was like watching this whole thing uh like i was laughing because poor bruno he gives me like i said he gives me like the richie richie vibes but he's also (laughs) like very very close to like if i don't know if our audience is old enough but like sam from clarissa explains it all Mm. where he he obviously has like a ladder to just go in her room like and show up and be like what's going on like you know and that has its own weird sort of like what's going on here um, I agree with Jenna that the comics do have a lot of that, like team unrequited, requited crush stuff going on. So, also, I don't know. Maybe you just admire the girl is wearing a freaking leopard print, like is it a leopard print skirt to a public high yeah. school? She's obviously cooler than any of us ever ever <laughs> will be. So, uh, it could just be admiration, and also like I hate that girl, but also she's really really cool. Ugh. <laughs> I needed something because I was like, yeah. I need to know because you know me, I, I yeah. read into things and I see things where they're not there. So I need people who know more than me to give me a little boost. And I just love team romances. Teens, teen stuff is my favorite. So I will say, like, if they do the romances that exist in the comics, you will be very happy. Like I will I will say that much. <laughs> so um and then like we mentioned Zoe and Kamala saving Zoe. Zoe is wearing the OG Miss Marvel costume, which I just love. I was like, I I also love Bruno being like, that's not even real. That doesn't that's not even what her actual costume is it's one of those things of like i knew we were realistically probably never going to get that actual costume with carol so like that was just such a clever way of doing that that was so great um and then kamala's powers are stretchy they're a little bit more cosmic but they're definitely stretchy she makes a giant hand and saves zoe which is very akin to how she saves her in the comics Um, and then we are a post-credit scene in the first episode which is kind of wild um i know a lot of times we're not necessarily used to affecting those and it teases the one agent from no way home kind of dealing with the the idea that Kamala is out there. So that's very cool. Um, does anyone else have any other thoughts on Miss Marvel? I know Jamie has her little rant, but before we get to that. Um, is there anything else? Um, post, post credits. Yeah. 
I, oh, I just mentioned it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, like, I I wonder how much more there is because, like, am I am I tripping or is that the first one of these that had a post credit scene in season in episode one? I think so. Yeah. Because yeah. like. Either they don't happen and we all sit there through the credits and we're like, oh, uh, uh, and then it doesn't happen. Or yeah. it's like episode four or episode five. Yeah. So I wonder if there's going to be any more. And also, we've all been yelling about how none of this stuff is connected. There you go. There could be I, more coming. I missed this. Um, I definitely <laughs> sat through the credits, so I guess I didn't. Is this the guy from Succession? Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Okay. That has me <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> I'm going to go back later. What? When they confirmed he was in the show, like three different people in comic books, like, we're all like, guy from Inventing Anna. Oh my God. So, yeah, definitely a lot of excitement that he's there. Um, but yeah, Adam, what did you think of the post credit scene for the episode? The dude shows up and you're like, yeah, this isn't a good guy. Like, this, the, we're not going to have a good time. This, the, why? No, we don't want this guy. He's like the <laughs> who's the dude in uh, WandaVision? The oh yeah, the the cop in WandaVision. What's he up to now? What? Yeah, he's like that. Darcy guy. hit him with a truck. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I am hyped for for episode six. Not only you know, not only for like the whole Inhumans royal family to show up, but also Iron <laughs> Miles and Sam Alexander and Viv Vision and all the champions. So no, it's it's great. The yeah, the post credit super interesting. Obviously, I think they. I don't know what we're supposed to say because there were set photos and all that stuff, you know. So damage mm -hmm. control. They're not good people. No, they tried to throw Ned in jail. They tried to <laughs> yeah. throw Ned in jail. <laughs> Can't be trusted. I was half expecting you to say that you hope Sleepwalker shows up. <laughs> Why'd you put that in my mind? Purple. Wait, the powers are purple, and Sleepwalker has a purple cape. It's all connected. Ooh, I don't know, um, guys. But yeah, so that's that's Miss Marvel episode one. Before we before we get done with this episode, Jamie has a rant about the fact that we now have two Disney Plus shows on the same day. So go ahead, Disney Plus. You're killing me. You are killing me. Okay, as someone who lives in the West Coast, two episodes Obi Wan and Ms. Marvel dropping at midnight is is pretty easy for me because I'm a late night person. But I'm a rare, I think rare, whereas for a lot of people, this is dropping at 3 a.m. Now, I don't know about you, but it's my job to watch these shows, so I don't have a choice to watch them uh, at, at night. But with the internet existing, there's so much, there's so many spoilers, there's a bug, there's so many spoilers <laughs> that you can't avoid, which, you know, when you watch it, you want to tweet about it. When I watch it, I want to tweet about it. And the thing is, when the first two episodes of Obi-Wan dropped, they dropped at 9 p.m. Uh, Pacific time, and it was amazing because you guys who are two uh, some of you are two hours uh, ahead so it was pretty doable for you 11 p.m you got to enjoy it we all got to enjoy it together and that was beautiful disney let us enjoy things together i miss sunday night's game of thrones 9 p.m everybody's watching it together and and now you expect me to have obi-wan and ms marvel at the same time i'm watching obi-wan first because it's the greatest thing that's ever happened to me but then i have to also watch ms marvel because it's adorable but then i have to wake up at on Wednesday morning and talk about it. I just don't understand why this is a thing. Make it easier on us. That is the end of my rant. Bravo. Bravo. Like, I completely agree with you. I think it is a thing, like, those of us who watched the screeners ahead of time, it was a little bit easier, but I am already dreading when it gets to the point where it's like, oh, here's the Obi-Wan finale and a new episode of Miss Marvel that I haven't seen yet. And, like, having that, and then also I know She-Hulk and Andor are going to overlap, and I am very excited for both of those shows. So it's like, yeah, it's it, it, it's going to be a nightmare. 
<laughs> it's just like an easy thing, you know? I don't know. Yeah, I completely agree. All right. Well, so that's it for today's phase zero. This was a fun one. This was such a chonky one, but I, I think we all had a great time. Um, so let's all go around the horn and plug our various things. Jamie, you're you're in the big part of the screen right now, so you can go first. Oh, I'll talk more. Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, I'm really excited for uh, you guys know that I also do another podcast. Hollywood already did it where we pair the shows uh, with other things. And for Ms. Marvel, we're doing teen movies, but we are like deep diving kind of like we did with WandaVision and sitcoms. We are starting uh, with the first episode is going to be uh, 1950s, 60s and 70s. Then we're going to do a whole John Hughes retrospective. I'm very excited. We are going to do a 1999 episode, which they made like 25 teen movies in 1999. And it's like, one of my favorite topics. So uh, I'm really excited to dive deep into one of my favorite genres while also talking about Ms. Marvel. So check that out on Hollywood already did it. Awesome. Adam, what do you have to plug? Uh, nothing. Baja Blast came back the week I decided to give <laughs> up caffeine. So my crisis is not going well. That's probably why I put both contacts in the same eye. So yeah, just, uh, you know, live life and uh, do, do whatever you want to do. If it's legal, <laughs> we'll, we'll add that disclaimer. I don't want to get sued. Good or distinction. Something. Aaron, what do you have to plug? Uh, I'm just marveling at the fact that Adam lost caffeine, got back Baja Blast, and lost the Mexican pizza all in like the span of like two weeks. Man, it's been rough, man. Uh, it's been rough. <laughs> at least my therapist is helping out. That, that, that's, that's good. good. <laughs> that's good. Um, I'm on Twitter at Simulate Hornet. Um, I wrote up actually today, Marvel has continued the QR codes. So oh. if you want to go read Miss Marvel number one for 2014, go back into the episode and at the part of the episode where uh, they're working on her suit in front of the ATM, there's a QR code so you can go read it for free. There you I'm go. I'm going to write that down. Awesome. Yep. That's so great. Well, so piggybacking off of that, um, I, I say it every week, go read some comics. This is a great week for comics, especially on the DC side of things. The DC Pride one shot came out. It is incredible. Um, G. Willow Wilson, who co-created Kamala, has a new Ivy series that is all incredible. There are so many great books out this week, both on Marvel and the DC side. So go read some comics. Um, go go drink Baja Blast in, in honor of Adam. <laughs> drink it. I love that people in the chat don't know what Baja Blast is. Dang. Even occur to me. We are educating people. They live um, the room, Rocky Horror, Baja Blast, just like a who's who of, of things. Um, but yeah, you can find me on Twitter at HeyIt'sJenalyn. You can find Jamie at Jamie Cinematics. You can find Adam at Adam Barnhart. You can find Aaron at Summit Lake Hornet. Um, we will be back next week to talk Miss Marvel episode two, and we might have a celebrity guest with us. So keep an eye on that. See y'all later. <laughs>